prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. You're listening to The State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Tashawn Reed, and Ted Nguyen on the Athletic Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of State of the Nation here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I am Jimmy Durkin, joined, as always, by Vic Tafer, Deshaun Reed, and Ted Wynn. We're here to break down preseason game number one from Sunday against the 49ers and the Raiders' two joint practices against the L.A. Rams this week. A lot to talk about, a lot to get to. Ted and Deshaun, we're, uh, we're at the Raiders and Rams practice today and the last two days. Vic was there on uh What's today? Today is Thursday. Vic was there Wednesday. Uh, you know, let's just start there before we get back into a little bit of the, of the preseason opener. Uh, what, what were the big takeaways from taking on the Rams? Uh, we know uh, the first practice, a uh, little, little bit of a scuffle with Max Crosby, but uh, how did things go on day two? Yeah, I mean, kind of carry over from the rest of training camp. Uh, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo and, and the first team offense were kind of up and down, I would say, across the two days. Um, they have some flashes where they, they put it all together and then, you know, fall into some ruts, um, you know, where they either struggle to move the ball um, or, you know, can't come up with points. I will say they protected the ball better this week than they have in recent weeks. Like, you haven't seen a bunch of interceptions and things of that nature. It's more so just not being able to move the ball. I would say the Rams were pretty aggressive in coverage against the Raiders and and challenged them to win. And obviously the Raiders have pretty good receivers, so that's a, a, a gamble. But the Rams were able to, to hang with them. They stayed pretty competitive. I would say today in particular, the Raiders' offensive line was was getting, getting beat up a little bit by that Rams front, which probably coincided with a guy named Aaron Donald uh, practicing today after he uh, – didn't practice yesterday. And so that, that made a pretty significant difference. And so, you know, that's what training camp is for. That's what practice is for is working out those kinks. But the offense is, is definitely still a work in progress. I think that was pretty clear through through both days of uh, joint practices. I agree with Deshaun. I think the Rams played a much more aggressive style coverage wise than they typically play. Like in the last few years with Brandon Staley and now Raheem Morris, they played a little bit more zone, soft zone coverage, but they were getting into the, the Raiders receiver spaces. I think that's, you know, a shift in philosophy they might make this year, but it, it was a much different look than what the Niners gave them. You know, even up front, the Niners were uh, for even front attacking type of team. The Rams defensively are on front and they are a little bit of a read react team and coverage wise, they, they were trying to challenge the Raiders receivers and the way to beat those coverages is to go deep. But we know Jimmy Garoppolo, that's not one of his strengths. So they were having a lot of trouble getting deep. Devontae Adams did draw a couple of PIs, and he, they did finally connect deep in a two-minute drill. But we saw a lot of patting the ball, a lot of holding the ball. That would have been sacks in games and a lot of incompletions. I thought today they were better. They moved the ball a little bit more efficiently. Uh, Jacoby Myers is a guy that, that they went to in 11-on-11 that was able to beat that type of coverage. But I mean, I think it is going to be a challenge to win deep against these type of coverages, with the, which I think the Raiders will see some more this season. But it, it was a lot of good work, and it, it kind of showed the Raiders what they need to work on uh, moving forward. I was there yesterday. I was uh, also still impressed with the uh, Raiders D line. I thought they looked uh, they keep looking good. They keep uh, a lot of guys on numbers, which I think is a good sign for both uh, the depth and getting guys in their rotation and some constant pressure. I thought. Um, Philip had a nice day yesterday. I thought he showed his speed, and he's still got some catch-making ability left. I think he makes the roster probably. Uh, those were my big takeaways from yesterday. I thought um, 
today I was down in um, Chargers camp. The defensive line, I, I was watching the offense, the Raiders offense today, but Jordan Rodriguez, our Rams writer, she was, um, we kind of did a joint practice report today and she was focused in on the, the Rams offense against the, the Raiders defense. And uh, she said the, the Raiders def- defensive line, you know, had a really, really strong day again today. Um, you know, Max Crosby, unsurprisingly, was was dominant. The Rams starting right tackle, uh, Rob Havenstein got hurt. And I think the backup right tackle like dislocated all his fingers on one of his hands or something like that so they were like down to their third string right tackle at a certain point it was it was a long day for the rams offensive line and so that that made it tough sledding for them you know dropping back to pass um and uh so i mean the the raiders defense we've kind of been beating this drum all training camp but they they look to be at least in practice obviously it's just practice but they seem to be more impressive than we anticipated so far and i know the rams team obviously this isn't the same team that won the super bowl a couple of years ago but you know they still have matt stafford and and you know a really really creative offensive mind and sean McVay and some talented players and so can't can't just brush off them you know having another another good performance this week the old al davis way was to find these uh his first round picks have been you know, discarded by other teams, and I can find another one. And Jerry Tillery last year wasn't super impressive when he came on, but um, it looks really good. He's had a great camp. He's a fly sticking yesterday. I think he's a guy that's in good shape and uh, has some violent hands. Definitely a guy who can get some pressure uh, on the inside and help out uh, Crosby and Chandler Jones. And obviously, all the optimism that you guys have been telling us about from what we've seen in training camp it, it did translate over into that first preseason game against the 49ers and we'll give every caveat that you need that the Niners did not play really any of their starters but still for the Raiders we want to see did those depth guys on the defensive line are those guys able to to really you know start making an impact um you know Vic has always had the running joke the last couple of years oh the the Raiders signed 37 defensive linemen in the past it was just a bunch of guys. Now it looks like they actually have guys that can rotate in there and make plays for them, and that's what we're seeing. And we we saw it. Uh, you know, we saw it against the 49ers where they made Trey Lance's life uh, living hell, and uh, they, they made his whole week hell because uh, the the pressure that they put on him has has obviously put a lot of uh, put him in the spotlight for how poorly he played. You know, credit has to go to what the Raiders are able to do in that game, and for our first chance, people that aren't out there at practice to see that uh that was an encouraging sign again we're going to want to see it in the regular season but um it 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 was nice to see that they were able to translate that over into a preseason game against a live opponent i think it's a great sign to show you're getting a lot done on d-line that's with china jones being out the last four or five days tyree wilson hasn't really uh done much yet you started uh, yesterday so that's two of the big guys they're still getting a lot of pressure and and playing well both in practice and, and in the game yeah, they're going to have some tough cuts to make on a defensive line. I mean, I know they've invested a fair amount of, you know, mid-round picks um, in a defensive line the last couple of years between Neil Farrell and Matthew Butler and before this regime, Matt Malcolm Kuntz and Byron Young this year. Um, and so typically those guys get a little bit more runway. But, you know, you have some of these these veterans like John Jenkins and Adam Butler and Jerry Tillers, obviously a step ahead of the rest of those guys. But even guys like Isaac Rochelle flashing in a preseason game and, and some of the others further down the depth chart. And so obviously they they can't actually keep all 37 of their defensive linemen. And so it's going to be interesting to see who who makes the cut. I think that could be a position where we see, you know, maybe a guy that was a fourth fourth round pick or fifth round pick get cut just because uh, some other guys are outperforming them. And the one guy I think he talked today at the podium, I wasn't there, but uh, John Jenkins is a guy that no one really talks about. He's a big guy. He's kind of a unique guy in terms of the size he has to bring to that line. But he's a guy who played for the new D-line coach, Rob Leonard, in both uh, New York and Miami. So he's got that connection, which you wanted. That's good enough to get him a spot. 
Yeah, you referenced Tyree Wilson. Uh, he was activated from the non-football injury list uh, ahead of these practices. Um, there's going to be a ramp-up period for him. Um, you know, he's what nine months now removed, I think, from the broken foot suffered last November, um, and so. I think if if you're a Raider fan, you're hoping, you know, I, I wouldn't, I'm not going to see him out there on Saturday, but you would hope maybe you can see a little bit of him in the third preseason game. And if he can get his feet wet and be ready to go for week one, then that's, that's what you were hoping for uh, when you drafted him. And you can see if he's an impact player. Uh, yeah, the last couple of days, he pretty much just did sled drills and bag drills. But when they got to the one-on-one sessions and 11 on 11, he, he was just sitting on the side. So, I mean, it's just like the very first step of ramping him up. But, I mean, when you when you look at him, he definitely he definitely looks apart with, you know, his length, size-wise. This this dude is just built to, to play football. And, um, you know, he, he isn't doing much, um, but you can see, it, you know, some encouraging things are Max Crosby is really, you know, trying to mentor him and, and teach him. When Crosby's done with his rep, he, you know, he's usually watching other guys coach him up too, but you can see him giving – Tiger Wilson pointers and in between drills today, they're working on pass rush moves, just the two of them together. So, you know, Crosby's a great guy to learn from. And, but yeah, right now, Tiger Wilson's just not doing very much. It's the very first step of that ramp up period. You know, I, I can't imagine there's any chance that he plays this weekend. You know, they're, they're going to want him to go through a few full practices um, before he really, you know, has live contact. Um, and so, you know, we'll see. Maybe maybe next week um, when they return to practice on Tuesday, I believe, um, you know, if he's able to start participating in some some team drills and, and have some contact, maybe he could have a chance to play in that, that final preseason game against the Cowboys. Um, but, you know, either way, like it's obviously it's, it's a positive step for him to get back out there. I know there's a lot of concern about him, you know, missing the, the first two weeks or so of training camp and whether it would bleed over into the season. But uh you know, as long as he's ready to go by week one, I think that's their anticipation. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with Chandler Jones. Like, I guess that's, that's something to watch. Like he hasn't, you know, he practiced the first joint practice against the 49ers. He wasn't out there for the second one. He wasn't in the locker room. I didn't see him after the game, the first preseason game. He, was, he hasn't been out there this week. And so, you know, like if, if that ends up being something that's more long term, maybe maybe Tyree Wilson has a, a bigger role earlier on. But, you know, ideally, if, if they're able to get healthy, you know, T- Tyree Wilson, they're going to be leaning on him as their third pass rusher. And so it's more of a, a rotational role anyway. And so I'm, I'm sure the first couple of weeks of the season, he'll still be ramping his way back up to 100 percent. And so the good news is he has kind of a role where you can kind of ease back into it. and You don't necessarily have to hit the ground ground running. Right now, it looks like Malcolm Kuntz is the guy that is starting opposite of Max Crosby if Chandler Jones can't go and, and Tyree still working his way back up. So we talked about Kuntz and his potential on this pod before. I mean, you know, he's a pretty athletic guy, but kind of undersized. So, But he had a good game against the Niners, and I, I think you guys talked about him having a good, you know, some good practices against the Niners too. But, yeah, it looks like he's, he's the guy up right now if Chandler and Tyree can't go. All right, Ted. Um I don't want to bring this up unless you're unless I know that you're ready and in, in a position to talk about it. I don't know if you need another week oh, uh, no. of recovery to discuss um Brandon Parker's second straight year of being out for the season with an injury. Do, do you need more time um before you're able to uh to, to talk intelligently about this or or have you recovered sufficiently enough to give your uh, your take? I've had a few days to process this. So I I think I'm ready ready to talk about it. But <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it just sucks for Parker. I mean, you know, he he was a starter, obviously, in the in the playoff year, and then he he won the starting position with a new regime. So I, I think the staff thought, 
you know, they could have developed him, but just obviously terrible luck with uh, getting injured, tearing his triceps last year. I don't know how he got injured this year, but likely spells the the end for him. I mean, he might, you know, end up being a backup somewhere else, but um, just terrible luck and just goes to show how hard it is to stick around the NFL. Yeah, I mean, he was he was mostly the uh, the fourth offensive tackle in in the rotation. It's kind of opened the door for Dalton Wagner. He's an undrafted rookie. I believe he got the the biggest signing bonus out of all the undrafted rookies that they had. He's a big ass kid out of Arkansas. He's six eight, three twenty, and they call him Big Country. He's already got a nickname, um, but he played a good amount in the first preseason game against the Forty ers mostly in the second half. And you know they like him. I mean, he has a lot of size, obviously length. Um, he's pretty athletic. Um, he's still. Figuring out his technique, I, I think it was – I forget who it was that, that threw him on the ground last week, but somebody from the 49ers got him pretty bad one-on-ones. And so, you know, he's he's still figuring things out, but maybe that could give him some runway to, to challenge Justin Haran um, potentially for a, a roster spot as one of the one of the depth offensive tackles. Didn't we uh, retire big country? Uh, has that been done to death? I mean, a big white guy, always big country. I mean, that's kind of – the guy to be more creative. About the hey, take it up with the Raiders, man. It's not my doing. All right, let's get back and talk a little bit about the preseason opener. And, I, I mean, I'll, I'll just say my number one takeaway uh, after watching one half of that is I don't need Brian Hoyer to be the backup this year. Um, go ahead and make Aiden O'Connell the number two. And we all understand why Brian Hoyer was brought in. He's a guy that that uh, Josh McDaniels knows. He knows this offense. He's he's probably a good mentor. But um, yeah, I think we would all had kind of been of the, of the opinion that if this season ever featured Brian Hoyer playing significant snaps, that the season has gone way off the rails. And, what did we say last week that we wanted to see going into that opener? We wanted to see, okay, how does Aiden O'Connell look? Does he look competent out there? Can he, um, does he look like he can play at an NFL speed? And I think he checked all those boxes. Again, caveats. It was not against the starting defense, but Trey Lance didn't play against the starting defense, and we saw how he looked. And uh, I mean, I think what we saw out of Aiden O'Connell in the NFL debut was very encouraging. I need to see Brian Hoyer, man, this week. I got to get a battle going, competition. I got to see, uh, Answer back. I don't need to see it. Hoyer's going to clap I back. Don't need to see it. I mean, uh, trusted and true veteran they brought in out of retirement. I'm out of near retirement. He knows the system well. Let's see what they can do. Let's give let's give the old guy a chance. Anyway, uh, yeah, Aiden O'Connell looked pretty good in the first preseason game. Uh, I mean, he you know his, his stat total isn't anything that's going to like blow you away, but it's more so how he was managing the game. He was getting the ball out quickly. A couple times he was pressured. He handled it pretty well. Didn't get too flustered. You know, he showed a little bit of wiggle. Um, he, he just threw the ball away, but there was one play where he kind of ducked the oncoming edge rusher that went unblocked. And so he, he's not known for his mobility, but he showed, you know, that he has some pocket presence, you know, and, and I, I thought he, you know, looked pretty capable out there. Um, you know, in practice, they've kind of been alternating it where he doesn't really, really get too much time during team drills. Like even against the Rams, it was mostly Garoppolo and, and Hoyer today and yesterday. Um it seems to be like their strategy is to give them most of the practice reps and then let O'Connell um, play the majority of preseason games. And so, you know, I think those reps are probably more more valuable to him. I mean, it's live contact, obviously, and he's, you know, playing, you know, essentially three quarters um, of, of football. And so I, I think he's on pace, you know, don't want to overreact too much to, to, to one game. But, you know, if he keeps playing like that the rest of the preseason, I'm, I'm pretty sure that he'll take that backup job. Obviously, the Raiders are hoping that he – Neither him or Hoyer ever see the field, but if, you know, the worst case happens, then I'm thinking O'Connell will, will be the guy. I mean, I think whatever the depth chart says doesn't really matter. Um, 
Brian Hoyer can be number two on the depth chart and, and give him the, the veteran privilege there. Um, I think our read is the situation has always been like, okay, if there's a game where Garoppolo goes out and you need to throw somebody in there to finish up the game, you, you mop it up with Hoyer. But uh, if, if there's a long-term injury and you need somebody to start the last eight games of the season, that's when you probably give O'Connell a look. And uh, I think that's where he showed the, I be okay with watching Aiden O'Connell play for eight games um, and seeing what he can do. The thing is, he was able to handle the pre-snap operation for his offense really well. There's a lot of responsibility for the quarterback pre-snap in this offense, and you know, I thought he did that pretty smoothly against the Niners. I mean, obviously, these are pretty vanilla looks um, that he's getting, but you know, he still handled it well. But, I mean, his ball placement really stood out to me. I mean, like every pass was almost exactly where you want it. I think he only had one or two passes where it was, it was a little off, but his, his accuracy was what really stood out in, in that game against the Niners. So I think he was a little off during practices. I mean, there was a couple touchdown passes he could have had, but he just like overthrew them by just a little bit. But that's more just uh, just a timing thing. So I, I was pretty impressed by O'Connell. But where he needs to get tested next is just more complex looks on defense and how is he, how is he going to handle it when a defense pressures him a little bit more. Yeah, I thought he's definitely better in the game than he was at camp. I definitely uh, that's a probably a good sign. He's more of a gamer. I think definitely we talked about in the past his accuracy. That's his big calling card, and you can see why. I think he has some poise. I want to see more. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm people. I mean, it was the only game on TV across the country, so he got a lot of buzz off of that performance. So he played well, but uh, let's. Bring it down a little bit, and we'll see what it does uh, this next week, and if it can build off that first one. He wants his guy Garbers to get uh, to get that oh, number three man. job. What's no. it? He's pull, pulling for his cow guy. No, everyone knows my stance on Chase Garbers. Zamir White was another guy we were really interested to watch, just because you know we think we know what'll eventually happen with Josh Jacobs, and that he'll be back here um, before the start of the season, but we don't know. And kind of regardless of what happens with Jacobs. You know, if he shows up Wednesday of week one, he's not going to go out there and get 25 carries. I mean, they're going to need Zamir White this season. And I think, you know, he, he played basically that whole first half. And, you know, he had a touchdown. He, he had a couple of decent runs. And, and then he I, th- I think he started off a little bit fast and then kind of slowed down and was, was getting stopped a little bit more. Overall, what was our take from getting to see some extended looks at uh, Zamir White? I thought White is... You know who he is. He's not a guy that's going to break a ton of tackles. He had pretty good blocking against um, the Niners, but I don't think he broke one tackle. And I thought that he left some yardage on the field, but you know I just don't think he's that back that has the wiggle to break tackles and not near the level of Josh Jacobs. So I think you know with Jacobs, there's a pretty huge gap between him and and the rest of the Raiders uh, running back room. I think there are some teams with other backs that you know, has starting potential, but I, I just, I think White is pretty much a number two back and they, you know, are praying that Josh Jacobs comes back pretty soon. He was running behind the backup offensive line and so don't want to crush him too hard. You know, could he look better with the starters maybe, but there's just obviously a, a clear gap between him and Josh Jacobs, you know, and, and if it was Zamir White, like if Jacobs took it to the extreme and, and sat out through the start of the season, then they would have to lean on a, a running back by committee approach and would be throwing the ball a lot more, I'm sure. So, you know, I, I wouldn't say it was a surprise at all. Like I didn't expect him to come out there looking like Emmett Smith necessarily. So it looks about what I, what I expected from him. My bar is pretty high for Zemir White. I think he's pretty good. So I was a little disappointed. I thought um, he's a downhill guy. So he's got to break some more tackles. That one play 
and he's running towards the uh, the corner of the end zone. He got stopped. Uh, he's got to score on that one. But um, again, it's early, so all time to kind of build off this. But um, I thought it was a good pick. I think he has some good upside. So I was hoping to see a little more out of him. But we still have the rest of the camp and the rest of the game. So hopefully he can build off that first game and, and show his power and his ability to, to, to make some tackles. Is there any point if if Samir White looks, you know, if he doesn't impress more, if he doesn't kind of show that ability to break tackles, is there any point during this camp where Josh Jacobs gains a little more leverage? I mean, none of us really think that he's, he's in a crappy position where he doesn't have a whole lot of leverage. Um, and, I, you know, I don't know that the Raiders are really going to come with you know, much of a, of a, of a change of heart in, in terms of adjusting a one year offer. But uh, is there any point where you think Jacobs could gain a little leverage if, uh, if Zimmer White is underwhelming in the next few weeks? According to Dave Ziegler, he was over there signing autographs with some fans at the game and got into a back and forth with a fan who was telling him some, to throw some incentives in there. And he, he said he wasn't against that. So I don't know, maybe they can get him up to get him to the Saquon deal or 12 million or something. Maybe, maybe they can get him back in there. Give that fan a cut, man. I gotta see the cut of Josh's contract when it comes true. Look at that guy. But I think we'll see more of uh, Brandon Bolden. You trying to take away money from Josh Jacobs? Come on. Who the hell's trying to take away money from Josh Jacobs? God, Vic, get out of here. If we got him show more, then you might see more of Amir Abdullah and uh, Brandon Bolden, which is uh, pretty exciting. So I think that would be the way to go. Not more leverage for, for Josh, in my opinion. What other takeaways did we have from that preseason debut? I mean, obviously. You know, usually when a team opens up the preseason, you're kind of looking forward to seeing uh, the rookie class. And certainly the first two picks did not participate uh, with Michael Mayer also out. But, um, you know, Trey Tucker was out there. Um, you know, what what, else, what other takeaways did we have from uh, from the preseason opener? Baldingham, he looked, uh, looked pretty good. I never heard of him before. You know, pretty interesting last name. <laughs> but, he, I mean, he moved really well. <laughs> He moved really well, and you know, I, I think if he keeps playing this way, I mean, maybe he gets more targets than than Mayer. I mean, I I know Mayer was a high draft pick, and they consider him a first round draft pick, but you know, I think he has a he has a little bit of a learning curve as far as blocking, and he just doesn't have that natural athleticism that you can kind of rely on. So you know, maybe Fotheringham, you know, earns some more snaps and earns a, a role in his offense if he's playing well. Strong leap there. I mean, he looked good, but uh, I like that one. Um, I like that one. maybe the third tight end job might be might be up for grabs. Um, in all seriousness, if you know, I mean, he's competing with Jesper Horstead and Jacob Hollister, so you know, just can't completely rule him out if he keeps playing like that. Um, he's he's looked pretty good in practice as well. Um, I know I know Vic said he stood out the first day, but I was I would say the defensive line. I know we've been talking a lot about the the offense, but I mean, they they. I think Jimmy said earlier. I mean, they, they had Trey Lance and Hill out there, um, really the whole first half. Um, and it was it wasn't just one guy. You know, it was winning over and over. It was really just a unit collectively, and and none of the starters plays. They were, they were all backups out there, and that just really showed off the depth of this defensive line, and that it could translate not just you know from them having good practices, but that they could, they could carry it over to games as well. Um, and I think that made life pretty easy on the secondary. You know, that's why we didn't – Ja'Korian Bennett was out there, but I don't really think he was challenged too much. You know, I think the, the secondary had a pretty cozy game back there because of how well the defensive line was playing. And so, you know, that was the, the main takeaway to, to me on defense was, you know, seeing that, you know, the, the guys that are still out in camp could actually translate it to live action. Another topic that I think we have to discuss is that I think the, the corner spot opposite of Marcus Peters is pretty – 
wide open. You know, I know Bennett was getting a lot of uh, snaps there, but it seems like they're rotating guys in. You know, they were rotating guys in against the Rams, so there's no starter penciled in. David Long was working at some starting snaps, but even when he was around in OTAs and training camp, like Jacorian Bennett, I would say was getting the the majority of the first team snaps. So I would still say he's leading right now. I think Long was coming off of an injury. He missed shit like two weeks or not, maybe not two weeks, but like a week and a half of practice. And so I'm sure they wanted to get him some more reps um, as a veteran. I'm, I figure he probably won't play in the preseason game this weekend, but, but Bennett will. And so I probably wouldn't read too much into that. Um, I, I do think Bennett still has um, an edge when it comes to the other starting outside corner spot opposite of Marcus Peters. But Belong has has played well throughout a uh, training camp. So I do think if he's healthy that, you know, at, at worst, he's the third outside corner and, and makes the roster um, from a depth standpoint. But ironically, he you know, he used to play for the Rams. And so it was kind of a, I'm sure he wanted to be out there this week. And he kind of had opportunity to start for them last year and, and didn't quite live up to it. And so, you know, but if he can be solid for them this year, I think that's fine. And Duke Shelley is another guy that's kind of in the rotation there who played pretty well um, in the preseason game. But there's, there's nothing wrong with having more than more than two reliable outside corners, and it seemed like they they, they might have pulled that off with some of their moves this offseason. And they can always sign someone. They can always sign a veteran cornerback or a veteran linebacker, maybe even a safety. I think there's going to be guys out there, and I think they have some money. So I wouldn't be surprised if they went the veteran route, if they weren't totally you know, positive that these young guys were ready to step in and start. Yeah, I would say linebacker stands out more to me. Like the depth behind Robert Spillane and Devon Diablo just doesn't. It's kind of kind of scary a little bit. Like Luke Masterson played solid for an undrafted free agent um, last year and started a few games and, and looked competent. But after that, it's kind of just you know, uh, it's just not much shape to the group. You know, Amari Bernie they took him in the seventh round. He's had an RA training camp, and um, you mentioned Curtis Bolton. He's more of a special teams guy. Darian Butler was another UDFA they liked from last year. But, you know, I mean, for the linebacker position, it was pretty ravaged by injuries last year. Um, and, and they don't really seem to have that depth this year. And so maybe that's a position where, you know, I think that would stand out more in terms of that back seven if they're if they're going to add some veteran hope. And there should be some guys available after cuts, too. I think that might be able to help. All right. Well, before we get out of here, any uh, any big things you're looking for in uh, Saturday's game against the Rams? I, I know personally I'm at this point where uh, – you know, until we get to see Tyree Wilson and Michael Mayer, I'm ready just uh, to get to the regular season opener. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. I would say so. There's nine jobs to be won, man. A lot of guys fighting for their lives. Good stuff. Cool father and him. I want to see the O-line battle. I want to see a tight end. Obviously, father and him's making a move on Michael Mayer. I got to watch that. Just for just for the early, not saying career wise. No, don't, don't, walk it, don't walk it, don't walk it back, don't walk it back. I liked it; it was good. I'm with you. Then uh, mentioned linebackers on the wide open jobs there, and then the cornerbacks. So uh, I just want guys to make plays. I want to see guys make plays and to give you some hope they can make plays when when it counts. So that's what I'm looking for on Saturday. Yeah, I think it's a lot of offense for me. I want to see, you know, better performance from Zamir White, see if Trey Tucker can make up for a couple of drops he had in the first preseason game. He had a nice touchdown catch today uh, from Brian Hoyer um, against the backups. And then Aiden O'Connell, can he put together another one? You know, a second straight good game, um, or does he have some of those rookie struggles pop up? So I think the defense, you know, you know, especially since it's going to be Stetson Bennett out there, I think they they probably going to be all right on that side of the ball. But um, be interested to see some of the the young guys on offense how they perform. 
Now let's see if you know Fotheringham take another step up. <laughs> and uh, have you replaced Brandon Parker like as it. your favorite player? <laughs> have you ordered the jersey yet? He's my new Brandon Parker, right, guys? So, but I, I also want to see Bennett. You know, I, I think the Raiders will probably be rooting for you know Bennett to take that job, and it'll be up to him to put up, put together some good film. You know, anytime you could get a rookie to, to start at corner and play well, that's always a good sign. So, uh, I, I'll, I'll be watching him. All right, guys. Well, I think we'll wrap it up here, and uh, we'll see what happens on Saturday night. And we'll be back next week uh, to get you ready for that preseason finale. I think uh, we'll probably use uh, next week to uh, kind of break down what we're, what we're thinking for that 53-man roster. Maybe we'll, uh, uh, it, you know, we will have to, uh, to to pick our super sleeper, right? We when do we normally do that? Should should that have been done uh, early in camp? I guess. Um, yeah, it should have been, but uh, tough year. I like Cam Tim's early on, but he's got no shot, so I'm glad we didn't do it. I would've been dead wrong. Well, give us the week to think about it, and uh, you know, at least this way, we'll make an educated prediction next week, and then uh, we'll find out a few days later if we're actually right. Yeah, sounds good. All right, see you guys next week. Later, guys. Hasta luego. Do 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 do